An accuser is able to quick, excuse me, to quickly point out the shortcomings of others and will gladly make them known to them and those around them. You can be doing 42 things right, and that one thing you're not doing right, that's all the accuser will pick up. You, he'll, he'll say nothing about the 42 things you're doing right, but that one thing you're not doing right, that's what the accuser will pick up. He or she strives, thrives on ch charging others for what they deem as wrongdoings. Claims that someone has committed an offense. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. As mentioned in previous teaching, our mind is a part of our body that enables us to think, to feel, and to process, which means to take action and make sense of information. For example, our eyes see something and it processes that information. We touch something and we feel it, and our mind processes that information. We hear something, sound, and our mind processes the sound that we hear. Our nose smells something, and our mind processes what we smell. Our mouth will taste something, and we process what we taste. All of these senses that we have are processed in our mind. See, our mind is where we are storing up, stockpiling, and keeping memories from experience and encounters with others. Certain memories can cause us to react and respond in certain ways. Memories include experience and encounters in our past as well as what may or may not have happened. Depending on the experience, some of us can say that we have learned things that cause us to be more Christ-minded. For example, a good testimony of how God delivered us from financial trouble or healed our body is a memory that causes our mind to be flooded with thoughts of faith, favor, grace, increase, and such like. It overrides our senses and tells us that no matter what I sense, God is still able to do what he said he's going to do. Mm, that's good news, ain't it? Whereas other experiences in our life may bring about thoughts that someone's trying to mistreat me. Someone's trying to take advantage of me. Someone's trying to manipulate me. That may influence our minds with thoughts of insecurities, doubt, self-preservation, and such like. In both instances, our mind is the battleground for our thoughts. Thoughts of favor versus thoughts of fear. Again, thoughts of faith versus thoughts of fear. Our mind is a key part of who we are as individuals and how we function in life. Our mind fire signals to the rest of our body and causes movement, go left, go right, and so forth. And then we, we learn what is left and what is right. That is all process in our mind. Whether we move forward or move backwards, that is all process in our mind. And having the mind of Christ allows us to love to live and enjoy a blessed life that is positive as well as 
productive. And see, a Christ mind, a Christ mind allows us to see things as Christ sees them, especially things that challenge us, make us comfortable, or even things that are in conflict to what we desire. Let's go to, real quickly to the book of Philippians chapter, tw- excuse me, chapter 2 and verse 5. The book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Again, let means I'm going to allow or permit this mind to be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want his thoughts, what he values, and what he deems as important. And so when I have the mind of Christ, things that I see don't move me as much as they used to be. A Christ mind allows us to see things as Christ sees them, especially things that challenge us, make us comfortable, or even things that are in conflict to what we desire. And as believers, we have to be careful of our mindset, our attitudes, our mentality, as well as our behavior. It is our mind where we recall or bring back information, sort through our feelings and emotions, as well as make decisions and draw conclusions on matters that we deal with. Thus, it's important that that we're mindful of what we allow to enter into our mind and remain at the forefront of our thinking. Things that we hear, ideas that people suggest, and people can get into our mindset and really twist our thought life. Certain thoughts can cause us to be jealous, to hold grudges, seek ways to get revenge, and even help us separate from people whom God has sent to help us. It starts with thoughts that are rooted in our mind. A person can say something to us with one meaning and because of our experience with that person from the past or what we heard about that person, something with good intentions can turn left very quickly and it was all in our mind. Our mindset can get to the point that we fail or neglect to see the importance of coming and sitting attentively, paying close attention and being aware to what God is saying and doing, listening to God's written and revealed words. See, thoughts of bitterness and insecurities, fear and such like can get so big in our minds that we respond to those thoughts faster than we do to God's word and his work that he's doing here on the earth. And how do I know? My attitude changes. My interaction with others change. My enthusiasm for the things of God, specifically his word and his ways change. My desire to get to know and fellowship with my fellow sisters and brothers in Christ changes. I'd rather be alone than to be with my sisters and brothers in Christ. See, Paul gives us insight and a strategy to the church in Corinth on how we should deal with those big thoughts that would try to take over the thoughts in our mind. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It reads as follows. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. 
casting down, forcefully pulling down and lowering arguments, imagination, reasoning, and conclusions, and every high thing that has exalted itself or raised itself up against what? The knowledge of God, the understanding of God, the wisdom of God. And if I could kind of paint a small picture of it, it could have been here, and this is the mind, the thoughts of God. It arrays itself up to the where God is at. It arrays itself up to where God is at. And these will be thoughts that will go up on in your mind. Bring in every thought, every evil, thought is an evil, excuse me, thought is an interesting word. It means an evil person purpose and intention into captivity capture a person's mind to the obedience compliance and submission of Christ see Paul is informing us that we're going to have to take actions against certain faults see the faults have been in our mind for a long period of time and they are not in line with Christ's word these have to be cast down. And I thought about from this standpoint here, not every thought in your mind is going to need to be cast down. There's some thoughts that don't even register in our mind sometimes. I remember uh, the other, I think it was last week, I had went, came out of the store and I went and the thought of where I parked my car had left my mind. And I had to say, "Uh uh-oh. I got to find this thought because I need to find my car. And I went in there. I had to go around the parking lot. And there it was, two rows over. Okay. So not every thought going to stay in your mind. But there are some thoughts that going to stay in your mind that has no business being there. And these thoughts are contrary to the written and revealed word of God. He said, you got to cast these thoughts down. And I thought about these thoughts, have been, has, chances are they've been there for a while. And they have uh, put up a stronghold in your mind, and they don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to go. I mean, these thoughts want to stay in your mind, and they want to just act. I mean, they just want to sit there and just do what they want to do. They want Every time it comes up, boom, there it is, that thought. That thought. I wish it could be like when I parked my car the other day. It just go away when I want it to go away. I got five people that understood me right there. The rest of y'all pray for us, okay? I can't, I can't, I can't go in the store 15 minutes later. Can't even find your car. In fact, God's letting us know we must be forceful, strong, and assertive. We can't be wimpy with certain thoughts or reasonings. See, some thoughts had. And some people try to bring our minds into captivity by misinformation, twisted thinking, and lead us off the path of righteousness. There are evil forces that were raised up with ideas, and people get to go and they try to go against the knowledge of God, as mentioned in this particular verse. The end goal is to bring us into captivity. Paul tells us that we must cast down arguments and every high and exalted thing and bring every thought into the captivity of to the obedience of Christ, the anointed one, the yoke destroyer and the burn remover. What, and I ask myself, what does that look like? We must replace those thoughts with the word of God by making a conscious decision that the thought is not greater than God's word.
How do you replace? How do you cast down and keep that thought out of your mind? Because a thought that's been there for years is not going to leave easily. It's not going to leave easily. If you believe a certain way about certain things, that thought is not going to leave easily. Even though you got written proof that that thought is not in line with God's word. You see it right there in the book. You heard it being ministered, but that thought says, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I don't care what they say. You know your experience in life has told you this, that, and the other. And so you have to allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this thought don't belong in your mind. So you got to cast it down. But anything you cast down, you got to replace it with something. You got to replace it with something. Now, I'm going to give you a spiritual example, but I believe it still holds true today. There were, Jesus talked about a certain situation where demons got cast out of this person. And they went around and they got seven more people, seven more demon spirits as evil and wicked as they were. And they came back to the very place they were cast out of. And you know what they said? I found this place cleaned up. It been vacuumed. The floor been um, waxed. They have cleaned the windows. This place done got cleaned up. And you know what the devil will try to do? He'll try to bring that thought back into your mind. He said, we're going to clean up. You ready for me now? And what was the problem? They had no new furniture. They had no new bedroom suit. They had no new flooring. They had nothing new. They had to, they had, it was an empty room. And the devil said, I'm going to come back and occupy that place. And when you think about that when it comes to thinking, when it comes to our thought, because demons produce thoughts. Demons will send thoughts into your mind. A poverty, excuse me, a poverty spirit will have you thinking thoughts about poverty. A spirit of unforgiveness will have you thinking thoughts about unforgiveness. A lying spirit will have you telling lies. See, demons bring thoughts. And so you got to get these thoughts out of your mind. Because they're not the demon to leave, but the thoughts will still be there. Mm-mm. Oh, Lord, that's good teaching right there, God. Teach us, Father, how to get the thoughts out of our mind so God's word will remain supreme in our life. And one of the things I have to make up, God's word is bigger than my thought life. God's word is what I need to replace this old thinking with. Because if not, I know the enemy is going to try to replace it with something that he wants me to have, but I only want what God wants me to have. How many can agree with that? You only want God, what God wants you to have. Therefore, our mind must be captured into obeying, complying, into submitting to Christ. Therefore, we must renew or renew or renovate or rebuild our mind daily in order to handle the many types of attacks that the enemy and our carnal nature brings our way. See, God's word teaches us that we have an accuser, a thief, a carnal nature that desires to exalt itself and capture our mind. See, last week, the word of God reminded us that it is war time. Today, I want to focus on the accuser and the thief. They both must be forcefully cast down, pulled down from my mind if we're going to consistently operate in the mind of Christ. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, but some of us used to have a game we used to play, and I used to do it too with my group, and we called tug of war. Tug of war was basically mean you're going to, there's a certain amount of people on one side, certain amount of people on another side, and we're going to take a rope, and we're going to pull that thing on one 
pull it one way or another. They're pulling their way. We're pulling our way. And so it, can you do, do me a favor? Can you imagine real quickly and just take your uh, hand or hands and grab a hold of that rope? And you're going to help me. We're going to pull down. We're going to pull some stuff. Y'all ready? We're going to pull. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right. One, two, three. Pull. You notice when you start pulling, though, you don't think about stuff around. You just think about that pull, right? You think about the things that your, uh, your focus, your intentions, your energy, and probably your attitude change to pull that pretend role. This is how we must be when it comes to pulling down thoughts that are contrary to God's word. When you got a thought of anger. Oh, y'all help me here. You got a thought of anger, what you got to do with it? You got a thought of unforgiveness, what? You got a thought of poverty, do what? You got a thought of sickness, what? Nobody loves me. Life is unfair. I'm doubting. Suicide. Unforgiveness. Lack. Down. Pull. Pull. And what I forgot, pull it down. Pull it down. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You don't let nothing sit up there when you find out that it goes against God's word. You don't let it sit there. Don't try to reason within yourself, well, this must be all right because I'm doing it this way. No, let it go. But see, thoughts, these thoughts will come to steal, they come to kill, and they come to destroy. Destroy our dreams, our visions, relationship with God and each other. We have to focus and be intentional and place our energy and be a serve to pull down or cast down those thoughts that try to rise up and speak things against our sisters and brothers in Christ. Our spiritual leaders speak against our finances, speak against our destiny by replacing those thoughts with solid biblical teaching. This is what you need to know. You got to replace it. I wish I could tell you that you can cast a thought out your mind and don't replace it, it's going to be all right. That just doesn't work like that. Most people I know, if you don't replace that thought with something, with, with something biblical, another thought going to rise up. Something will try to take its place. And I've been living long enough to understand that most of our minds is always absorbing information. You got to make sure you absorb the right information. Because if not, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Let me show you something here in the scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible reads as follows. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul, of spirit, and of joints and marrow, and the zern of the faults and the intents of the heart. Notice something about the word of God. It is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Does that mean it's going to cut some stuff out of it? How many ever been cut before with an eye? And when it, you didn't plan it, did you? You were like, well, I'm going to cut myself. Well, I hope you didn't anyway. Now, I know some people do stuff like that, but I know y'all didn't do something like that. And so you ain't plan it, but you cut yourself. And you realize that thing was sharp right there. Especially that blood that came flying out your hand. You're like, ooh, that was sharp right there. Listen, you, when the word of God comes in your life, it's got to cut stuff out. It's got to cut stuff out. But when you cut stuff out, you've got to replace it. 
you got to replace it. I don't want you to sit around and pretend like positive thinking going to get you over this thing. You're going to need the word of God because the word of God is quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, like what the Bible says, Pierce even to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and the zerner of the faults and the intent of the heart. We have an, let me say this to you. We have an accuser that is skilled, strategic, and solely committed to doing his assignment. My prayer is that God will give you insight, understanding, and knowledge of the accuser and give us power to recognize and overcome, overcome him and his tactics. See, an accuser is a person who claims that something, excuse me, an accuser is a person that claims that someone has committed an offense or done something wrong. He's going to make claims on something uh, that is with or without evidence. The accuser is going to bring evidence, and sometimes he's not going to have any evidence, but he's going to accuse you. You ain't lived long enough till you've been accused of something that, you ain't live long enough till you be accused of something. Now, the stuff I did, but the stuff I didn't do, that's a different ballgame. My prayer is that God will give us insight, understanding, and knowledge, and we'll be able to recognize what, what the enemy is doing. Because the enemy makes it his or her mission to say that we are guilty. And accuser is able to quick, excuse me, to quickly point out the shortcomings of others and will gladly make them known to them and those around them. You can be doing 42 things right, and that one thing you're not doing right, that's all the accuser will pick on. You, he'll, he'll say nothing about the 42 things you're doing right, but that one thing you're not doing right, that's what the accuser will pick on. He or she strives, thrives on ch charging others for what they deem as wrongdoings. Claims that someone has committed an offense. The accuser is busy at work. And understand this, the accuser has been busy for years. You can't, don't mess around with the accuser, with, with, with your little mindset. The accuser has been accusing people for years. He started in the beginning. We talked about this last week in the book of Genesis. And here he is today, still accusing people. Still accusing. And so today we want to look at three important things involving the accuser. The work of the accuser, the location of the accuser, and the remedy to overcome the accuser. We'll go over these as we go. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and verse 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcome him, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. John in his writing in the book of Revelation bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Christ according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. So let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which 
must shortly, must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel, by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Revelation simply means reveal. And this particular case is to reveal Jesus Christ. When we look at the book of Revelation, we're looking at the revelation or Jesus Christ revealing himself as well as some of the events that will happen before, during, as well as in the future. Now, when we look at this particular book and you look at the book of Revelation, think about what God was happening in Revelation chapter 12. It was revealed to John that the accuser was making claims against the brethren. So we see this in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Notice what it says in Revelation 12 and 11. And they, oh, excuse me, Revelation 10, 12 and verse 10. Revelation 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has, have come. For the accuser of our brother, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Can you imagine being accused of something day and night? Day and night. That's a lot of accusing right there. That's a lot of accusation. But notice who the enemy accused. He accused brethren. Brethren are fellow believers, those who are born again. The accuser was making claims against the brethren day and night. And notice his audience. His audience was God. If the accuser will accuse the fellow believers before God, who are we to say he won't accuse them before us? If he will make an accusation of you and me before God, he'll certainly come to you against me and me against you in that situation. Because you do it before God, you do it before anybody. We can rest assured that the devil, demons, and those used by them will be very convincing when they're making charges or blaming others for things happening. They will accuse us against each other, wanting a war to go on in our mind against fellow believers. One of the things I thought about in this particular instance, see, evil thoughts don't need to feel comfortable in our minds. Evil thoughts do not need to feel comfortable in our mind. If, I, if somebody is accusing me, Against you, that, that thought don't need to feel comfortable. There's a problem with that, that thought feel comfortable. I'm falling to the trap of what the Bible's talking about here in Revelation 12. Why am I accusing you when that same blood that delivered me can deliver you too as well? The same blood. This, not your blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. What is this thing? See, you got to be careful. The enemy will have ushers against singers and singers against ushers. You have youth versus ministers and ministers versus youth. 
They have witnessing team versus men's ministry, men's ministry versus witnessing team. Does not make sense why they're against each other, but the enemy is relentless. The enemy is relentless. Once again, the battleground is our mind. See, the enemy attacks or takes an aggressive action against us by making accusations or allegations or charges against us. We have to be careful that we have a mindset and an attitude that makes uh, allegations against people in church and out of the church not a thing we want to entertain. We might be placing a guilty sentence on someone who is completely innocent, but we're seeing them through our eyes and not the mind of Christ. Because that blood that saved me also can save someone else. Can you imagine the number of people who accuse Paul of all types of things? And Paul was... This is the thing you got to understand. Paul, before the blood came, was guilty. He was guilty. He was persecuting the church. But when the blood came, Paul made an interesting statement. He said, I've wronged no man. You've wronged no man, Paul? You was the same one that was persecuting the church. Jesus came and intervened. But the blood. Ooh, ain't it good to have the blood on your side? So you got to understand something. Uh, every accusation that comes against you ain't wrong. Let that sink for a moment. But the blood still works. Thank God the blood still works. You know what some people do? Because they are not doing what you're doing, they think they're okay. Or you're not okay, whatever the case may be. Because why? They may be doing one thing, and you're not doing that, or they're not doing that, so they think, hey, you must be guilty. We can bring about accusations and not understand the power of the blood. And and, and we're not careful, because remember, I'm going to show it to you in just a few minutes, the accuser was cast down to earth. You know, when he got here to earth, he still had the same nature. He still had the same character when he got here. And when he can't got here, he had brought a third of heaven with him. And you know what he came to? Not Mars, not Pluto, but earth. Right here on earth. And if you ain't careful, you'll fall in the same trap that the enemy had, was tried to work when he did this before God. And you must understand this too. The devil is not a novice. He's not a novice. And he's not powerless. He knows how to use people to accomplish his work. He's been making uh, accusations against mankind for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Not, not a day, not a two. He, he's not a novice. Thousands of years he's been making accusations against man. The the enemy has broken up homes because of accusations. He said children go against parents and parents go against children because of accusations. 
He has called successful people, successful businesses to break up. He has caused people to quit jobs because of accusations. He has, he has been the one behind church splits and people leaving churches. When it comes to war, he has been the instigator of cruel and vicious wars between individuals as well as groups of individuals. As mentioned before, the devil can influence people to do his work. We see this in the book of Luke, chapter 22 and verse 3. Let's go. Luke 22 and verse 3. Let me show you the scripture. So you know Dobbs not coming off the top of his head. Luke 22 and verse 3. Then Satan entered Jesus, excuse me. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Issachar, who was numbered among the twelve. So we see here that Satan entered or came into Judas. He came into Judas. And he was used, or excuse me, and he used, and Satan used Judas. He used Judas to portray Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and he's still using people today. If you're not careful, you'll be upset with somebody at a job, at a business, at a school, and, and almost you'll forget that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. You got to understand that. Because if not, you be got set with the person, and the person really ain't after you. They may be used, and this is the thing, they can be used. To get you upset. And, and I thought about this and I heard the example one time and it's very, very true. Look at the reaction that the enemy is trying to get out of you. Look at the enemy. Is he trying to get you to stop praying? Is he trying to stop you from stop giving? Is he trying to stop you from coming to receive knowledge and understanding of your word? Is he trying to stop you from worshiping? Is he trying to stop you from obeying Jesus in every area of your life? Whatever he is trying to do, understand this. If you use, remember when, oh gosh, thank you, God. Remember when uh, Samson was being tempted? They trying to find Samson's weakness. They tried everything they could. But remember, there was only after one thing. The secret to his strength. The enemy will try anything he can to find the secret, but he knows the secret to your strength. He'll do whatever he has to do. Samson, that was a good example for us to follow. We got to be careful. We're not following the, the, the traps of the enemy. And this and this one we, we see here in the text. We don't need to be a Judas in 2023. We don't need to be a Judas in 2023. We're, I'm trying daily not to be an instrument. Is that your testimony? Is that your testimony? Oh, you don't really care what happened. I say what I'm going to say and do what I'm going to do. Really? See, a Christ-minded person understands that, hey, I can't let the enemy use me. Because the accuser's real, y'all. The accuser's smart. Don't let the accuser, let me tell you something. Don't try to uh, overcome or defeat the accuser with your natural thinking. Don't try to do it. You need the mind of 
Christ. Therefore, you can't react when every time somebody comes your way. You got to have the mind of Christ. Somebody just look at you funny, and then you're ready to quit your job. Why you quit your job because somebody look at you funny? They ain't worth all that. Lord, let me try, let me try one more example. Somebody rub you on the back of your head and talk about you real cute. Now you're ready to leave your whole family. Don't fall for stuff like that. Here you are. You've been living good and single. Everybody say good and single. For years now, but all of a sudden somebody could whisper something to you here. They ain't after holiness. They after mm -mm -mm. you have to be careful. See, the enemy will work on a person for years. He knows how to get cozy and comfortable with us. How to win our trust before planting seeds in our mind of self-doubt, division, jealousy, anger, resentment, frustration, and so forth. Because he knows the most, he knows that seeds will eventually grow. He consistently sows seeds into our mind. An unseed check can cause a harvest to come back later on. And we don't want that harvest. As believers, we have to re reverse the enemy's seed and plant seeds of faith, seeds of finances, seeds of wisdom and insight so that our seeds will bring forth a harvest of its kind, which is the mind of Christ. Now, let's go back and reference a text from last week. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 and 9. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, I should say. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I want to show you in scripture that the devil was cast out to earth. But when he came down here, when he was cast out, he was the deceiver when he got him. He's deceived, the Bible says, the whole world. What deceive mean? He's going to trick or trap for personal gain the whole world. The whole world. But one thing you can notice, when he was cast out, something else happened up in heaven. Notice the atmosphere of heaven. The voice of heaven since the devil was cast down. We hear the faith-filled words released in heaven, the rejoicing that, is hap that was happening in heaven. So notice the accuser was cast down. Notice the location of the accuser. He was cast down to earth. One definition, when he was cast down, he was cast down to a lower place. A lower place. See, the devil was cast to a lower place, and when we make the choice to be Christ-minded, we're saying, I'm casting the devil down to a lower place in my thinking, my talking, and my actions. Because I've cast them down, I can experience salvation, strength, and the kingdom rule of God and the power of God in my life. Now, watch this. When I cast the devil 
down, when I cast down his way of doing things, I'm replacing it with what God calls me to do. I'm replacing it with what he tells us here in the text is strength, the kingdom. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Hallelujah. I want to give this to you real quickly here. Hold on. I just don't want to tell you what this is. I want to kind of give you the, some of the definitions of what this means. <laughs> Hold one moment here. I don't want to make this up. I want to tell you what it means. Off of the, what I believe this means or what the Spirit of God gave it to me. And one thing I did is place it in the wrong place. But now I got it. Revelation 12 and verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation. But notice what happens when you cast the enemy down. You replace it with salvation. Deliverance, safety, peace, and prosperity. What else you replace it with? Strength. Not just any strength, but God's strength. God's power. God's ability. God's resources and God's wealth. And the kingdom. Dominion and rule of our God and the power of his Christ has come. Look where you replaced it with. You're casting the enemy out. You're casting him down in your minds. You're saying, devil, you can't live here. I'm replacing you with what God wants me to have. I'm replacing you. And this is what we all have to do. And let me say this to you. Think about this, and I want you to re remember this as we go forth in, the, in 2023 and beyond. Anytime you cast down something in your mind, it's got to be replaced in my mind, in my opinion, with the word of God. It's got to be replaced. If you're going to have a Christ mind, you need his word. Remember what uh, Hebrews 4 and 12 says, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We need the word of God to cast down things out of our mind so in turn we can be like Revelation 12 and 10. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of this Christ have come. I'm casting down every imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, and when I do that, I can have the mind of Christ. I can have the mind of Christ. I can have the mind of Christ. And it's hard to genuinely, genuinely praise Jesus when the accuser is in the forefront of our mind, making accusations about us and our sisters and brothers in Christ, our church. We need to cast them down so we can properly praise God. We've got to cast them down. We got to cast them down and start believing and doing what God wants us to do. Because remember, the enemy is going to try to work in your mind. He's going to try to work in your mind. And let me say this to you. This goes from the pulpit down to the, to the pew. Every minister, every leader, every Pastor Dobbs, Lady Dobbs, there's not one person exception to this. All of us are going to have to deal with this type of attack. He'll try to accuse me against you, and he'll you, try to accuse you against me. That's going to happen. That, I mean, that's just going to happen, but we cannot fall prey to it. Because if not, you'll be leaving everything by the time you start accusing. You'll be left everything. If you, you do not be so, in my mind, weak-minded 
or carly mind or fleshly minded, that when the enemy brings accusation, you, you say you don't check it with the word of God. Check it with the word of God. Check it. When Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, he checked everything he had with the word of God. He gave us the example that whatever thought or imagination comes up in our mind, we got to check it. Check it with the word. Check it with the word. What does God say about what I am thinking in my mind? What does God say about it? What does God say about it? The work of the accuser, the location. Where is he working at? He's going to try to work in your mind. But notice what we talked about it earlier. In 2 Corinthians, you got to cast down every imagination and everything that dissolves itself against what? The knowledge of God. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Well, Pastor, I don't think I got to do it. If you don't, he gonna, he's going to mess with you. Then let me say this, and I'm going to go on a little further here. I have been guilty of allowing the enemy to do what he wanted to do in my mind, and I can hardly sleep at night. I have left good stuff by letting him just run crazy up in my mind. I couldn't hardly work. I'm sitting here. I have missed out on good meals because I let the enemy just run crazy up in my mind. Good meal. Sitting there with a pretty steak. You know what I talked about earlier? About your, 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 it looked good. I tasted it. It tastes good. But I really couldn't taste it because there was so much going on up in here. I put some high 57 on it. It was juicy. Baked potato was sitting on the side. I had pretty company right here. I mean, I, this is the greatest, great atmosphere. A beautiful woman with a nice steak. Can, don't, I don't know if I get any better than that, bro. <laughs> and here I am, can't hardly enjoy it because the thoughts run across my mind. Now, I don't, I don't hardly miss no more meals like that. I'm going to leave y'all in the car. <laughs> I'm going to throw y'all, I'm going to let the window down, letting y'all out. The, well, let, let y'all out. I go on vacation. I'm not carrying y'all with me. Lord, nothing to say that. Lord, I know it. Can't hardly enjoy vacation because you got everything else on your mind except vacation. Got that, got them beautiful mountains God made. Got that beautiful beast from the white sand God made. Can't hardly put your feet in the, run that toe in there. Let that water hit it because you're thinking about them bills back home. You're thinking about them, your kinfolks back home. You're thinking about, oh, you can't, the, you, the water hit you ten times. You ain't heard, you ain't felt it one time because you got all that stuff going on in your mind. You can be sitting in a service like this, hearing a word just like this going to help you. I mean, not only is the word going to help you today, this word going to help you next week, next month, next year. I mean, this word going to help you all year long. And sometimes you can't even hear him because you think about everything else. Cause he may, look, because the enemy, let me tell you something. The enemy on earth, y'all. The accuser, the text said he where? Right here. Did he, change his, did he change his character when he got here? No. No. He started in Genesis, deceiving Eve. He hit, the Bible didn't call him a serpent. Then he called him a serpent in Genesis as well, didn't he? Lord, this is, this is good stuff, y'all. I know this is a tough message for some of y'all because I know uh, you got to think about this. But, you know, you get this in your spirit. We're gonna, this ain't, 
we ain't finished talking about it. You know we're going to talk about this for a while. When you get this in your spirit, you be walking around happy. I mean, you'll be, you be smiling. Stuff going all, all, around, all around you, but you got peace that passes all understanding. You know what else you got? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Finances mess with you? You let God gonna supply my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Doctor gonna give you some news? Or you say, I hear you, doctor. But by his stripes, I am healed. Notice the word is working in you now. The word is working in you now. And so what are you doing when you do that? You're casting down the accuser. You're casting down the accuser. You're casting down the accuser. He brings some. He wants. I'm telling you right now. He might bring some this afternoon. But you got to learn how to cast down the accuser. Cast down the accuser. Remember we talked about earlier. I mean, how many had to pull some stuff down? Be real. We all do. I don't know one person in the sanctuary ain't got to pull something down. You got to pull that thing down. Just like that tug of war. You got all your strength and you pulling that thing down. You pulling that thing down. You pulling it down. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right now. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.